Welcome to this edition of the 21 News Podcast. I'm Madison Tromler. Today, January 17th, is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So I'm joined with Winton Rayford of the East Liverpool and Wellsville NAACP to have a conversation with me looking back on Dr. King's legacy and what that means today. Thanks for being with me today, Winton. Yeah, it was good being here. Thanks for having me. So let's just start. I just want to ask you, can you reflect on the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? Yeah, um, absolutely. But before I want to reflect on it, I want to first honor, you know, Coretta Scott King. I mean, she was the architect uh, for the King legacy. She was the founder of the King Center, um, which she founded two months after he was assassinated. So it's it's a lot of her trailblazing and her work that she did for us to have Martin Luther King Day. So I definitely want to honor her uh, her legacy as well. Um, on this day, um, she did so much with her husband. But as I reflect on uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy, I just think about the Martin, uh, the civil rights movement, and kind of when he got started. Um, you know, as a young pastor, 26 years old, um, um, at the Dexter uh, Baptist uh, Church, and how he kind of started out with the boycott movement, uh, the, the Montgomery bus uh, boycott movement. And I just think about like when he was you know, chosen to, to kind of be the spearheaded of that and then led into this this huge legacy that we now celebrate and, and that we're still continuing to fight for equality and justice, um, you know, today uh, through his dream, um, even 60 years later after his famous I Have the Dream speech. So just kind of just reflecting on all of that that he's worked on and that he's done um, in his career, it's just something that we have to continue to keep uplifting and keep working towards today. Yeah. And can you kind of just briefly, I know you mentioned, you know, when he was 26 and he first got started, can you explain to our listeners kind of what his first moves were that really started getting attention and what was it that he did that kind of continued this legacy? What was that first thing he did? Yeah. the Well, it was crazy because the first thing he did was work with Rosa Parks after she got um, arrested and it was one of the his mentor and his leader um, Pastor Ralph um, who worked with him um, in getting started in the um, Montgomery um, Alabama with the boys uh, with the bus boycott and everything and just kind of getting him started there and then kind of just because he was just um, he was a great speaker and it was something that he was really passionate about in regards to the civil rights movement and kind of starting his first action of pretty much, you know, having everyone uh, not, you know, get on the buses um, to sit out, to, to let everyone of color to not uh, ride the buses during those times in order to enact change uh, for um, interrogation um, for uh, the buses uh, during that time in Montgomery, Alabama. And there's a lot that may be misunderstood or even misappropriated about King's legacy. What do you think some people may still not understand about his work and his message? Um, he was a man of uh, of of um, passion. He was, um, I mean, he was definitely radical in his message. I mean, even to his last days and his famous, you know, I might not get to the mountaintop when you get there, you know, but it was one of those things where he just, he knew that when it was time to get radical and to be radical for change, it was something he, it was necessarily needed to be done. Um, it's just like the, 
late great uh, John Lewis said, you see something that's not right, say something, do something, you know, get in trouble, you know, good trouble, necessary trouble in order to enact change. And that is something that he did even through his nonviolent uh, movement and, and allowing them to understand that, you know, we can still, you know, progress. Right. And we see politicians often quote the famous line, just like you mentioned, from the I have a dream speech about judging people by the content of their character. What are some of the other key parts of his message that are equally important, but maybe not so widely known or quoted from his speech? Oh, I think a lot of the things that are pretty much probably not. I mean, it, it's. Um, it's it's not even because I know a lot of times it's that last part of it and everything. But I think the biggest part of it is I have, I have a dream speech was pretty much kind of the whole intro of it, you know, kind of coming out there and kind of speaking on the issues of what was going on. It was more than just a more like a, a future kind of listic type of speech. It was a speech that he was speaking on on that day um, in uh, Washington, D.C., that a lot of people don't really uh, focus on, which is the reason why he was there and why he was speaking that day. And do you know anything specifically in that intro about the issues that he said that maybe isn't something that a lot of people know specifically that he talked about anything? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, pretty much it was more or less, it was pretty much the just pretty much trying to rectify, you know, what was going on in the Constitution and, and, and Declaration of Independence and understanding that we have our own rights and freedoms that was granted to us, you know, from the very beginning. So in order to understand that is to understand that, yeah, we would like us to not be judged by the basis of our skin color, but also want to understand that we are fighting for something that should have been given to us since you know you know this whole since the country started so it's something that you just have to understand that like it's one of those things where some people kind of pick apart a little bit of his legacy to kind of fit their agenda and not truly understanding the true arc of what you know he was actually fighting for and it was really just for like you know um, empowerment and, and, and justice and equality um, and, and pretty much, I mean, he was working for a lot of small little things, even on his day, his last day before he left, I mean, before he got assassinated, he was working uh, for a workers union um, in Memphis, Tennessee, um, and he was speaking on worker on a worker strike down there and trying to get equal pay for people of color. Um, so it's just those little things that a lot of people just kind of gloss over, and, and the fact that he was about black retirement and and buying into black businesses and things of that nature, which is something that I think a lot of people don't realize that he was really, you know, big on. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, he was really fighting for civil rights, for human right. rights at that point, and, and which has led such a legacy since then. But that's what he was really, yeah, that totally makes sense that you say that. Um, so moving on now, he, there was a quote from him from 1963, July 5th, 1963. And he said, quote, I think the tragedy is that we have a Congress with a Senate that has a minority of misguided senators who will use the filibuster to keep the majority of people from even voting. So I think that 
segues well into my next question. We see the struggle for expanded voting rights playing out both at the federal and the state levels. At the federal level, Congress failing to come up with the votes to pass a comprehensive voting rights bill. And at the state level here in Ohio, an ongoing dispute over redistricting that some say unfairly dilutes the votes of minorities in cities like here in Youngstown and Warren. What progress have we made on these issues since the time of Martin Luther King Jr.? And how much work do you think there is still left to do? We're still marching and selling, it feels like, because that's pretty much what that all was about, you know, voting rights. Um, and we're able to vote. I mean, I was, I just, this past election, local election, I was able to get on the ballot for a board of education for uh, a local school here. And so the progress that we've made right there speaks volumes. But the simple fact is that the oppression of their vote is still happening. I mean, they still want to quiet it because they know that your vote is the biggest and the loudest voice that you could possibly have in speaking out about things that you're not happy with, especially locally in your communities. And and that's why redistricting is so important to have because you want you want fair districts, you want fair representation throughout the communities that we're all living in. And it's imperative that we have that because if we don't, then we will succumb to years of the past so we continue to keep going through the same old, same old stuff. So it's it's the best thing that we can do is to be able to have fair distancing and, and understanding what, what needs to be done on us. Mm-hmm. So. And he, Martin Luther King Jr. has achieved so much in his life of course. And what do you think, though, he would think today? What do you think his thoughts would be? I think that he would probably be proud. Um, in the fact that we've moved the needle, I mean, for what for what we've done in Georgia, I mean, what they've done there, it's, you know, Stacey Abrams and the Senate. I mean, I think he would be proud of all that we have accomplished but I just think there's just so much more work to be done because there's still, it, it's still that fight against just having equality and unity and representation in so many different areas. We still don't, we still don't see it, even on the local areas here in the community. Um, you know, board of education, different administrations and councils and things like that. And it's just, it's, um, it's something that I think that he probably would still be fighting for today. He will still be, you know, trying to march. I think he still would try to be nonviolent and he would still try to push against the status quo. Um, but I think that he would be proud of where we're at. And I think that he will know that there's still so much work to be done. Absolutely. Well, Wynton Rayford with the NAACP of the East Liverpool and Wellsville chapter, thanks so much for being here today. Is there anything else that you want people or listeners to know about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy? To, to never stop fighting for change. Um, the time to do, there's always the right time to do what's right. And to also segue into something that we're doing here in um, Columbiana County is we're having our second annual Juneteenth celebration on June 18th um, here in Wellsville, Ohio. Uh, 
where we're going to be supporting local uh, minority businesses um, and entertainment and just celebrating African-American culture, which is, like I said, something that his legacy um, is pretty much built upon. So it's just something that we're trying to continue on um, as we try to continue with his legacy today. And quite the legacy he has. Thank you so much, Winton Rayford, for being with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you.